0: encounters. And in this particular section we're dealing with uh, three signs that we said that uh, the church can expect to see in her midst taking place in her midst at all times. And we said that the three signs were um, laying hands on the sick so that they could recover, casting out of demons, and speaking with tongues. When we say speaking with tongues we're talking about Uh, filling the saints with the Holy Spirit so that they can speak with other tongues. Um, Those three signs our Lord spoke about in Mark chapter 16. And we said that the reason that these three signs uh, can take place in the church at all times is because these three signs can be accessed by one of two methods. Either by the working of the Holy Spirit, in other words uh, when the Holy Spirit manifests Himself through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we said that um, the gifts of the Holy Spirit pertaining to these uh, three particular signs would be the gifts of healings and the working of miracles. But we said that these three signs can also be accessed by faith alone. And because they can be accessed by faith alone, that is the reason why these three signs can always be expected to be made manifest within the church. We had a look at the... Uh, two previous signs in the in the, in the previous teaching, uh, which was the laying on of hands, gifts of healings, and uh, also um, casting out of demons, and we saw that both those signs, casting out of demons, and healing the sick, cannot be performed by Satan. He has no power to perform those signs. And so again, the 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 focus of this series of teachings is to have a look at the supernatural manifestations that can and do take place within the church Um, working out the biblical framework for those supernatural manifestations so that we can very clearly identify which supernatural manifestations are of God and which are counterfeit which are those which are of the devil and so we say whenever people are um, Are healed it is always by the power of God Satan has no capacity to perform that miracle and then we also said that when people are delivered by demonics from demonic spirits again that is always the power of God Satan has no capacity to do that either and so he cannot uh, deceive the church through the use of those signs and so uh, very clearly The distinction takes place. We're going to look at the third sign now, which is speaking with other tongues, as the Spirit gives utterance to those who are filled with the Holy Spirit. And the passage of Scripture we'll look at is in Luke's Gospel, chapter 11, verse 11 to 13. Our Lord Jesus speaking, and he says, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so our Lord is just telling us in this passage that the saints can always be assured that when they ask the Father for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, now don't forget, we're differentiating with uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and subsequent encounters with the Holy Spirit uh, as we go into this series. In this case, we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and thus being filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Now, Lord says that the saints that approach the Father and ask Him to fill them with the Holy Spirit so that they can speak with other tongues, God will always uh, acknowledge them and always impart the Holy Spirit to them. They will not be um, subjected to receiving a counterfeit spirit. And so, because a lot of Christians do uh, uh, get concerned along this line, you know, i ask uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. What's to say that I don't receive something else? And our Lord is assuring us that that is not the case, that every saint that desires to be filled with the Holy Spirit are uh, through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about subsequent fillings now, I'm talking about the initial baptism. Uh, They can be assured that they will only receive the Holy Spirit. And so Satan cannot perform this miracle either, for we said it is a miracle for one to be filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to speak with other tongues. It falls under the category of the working of miracles. And we Satan cannot perform this particular miracle either. The reason he cannot do that is because uh, when the saint is filled with the Holy Spirit, the tongues that are spoken are spoken by the spirit of the born-again believer. Um, 1 Corinthians fourteen fourteen tells us that if I pray with an uh, unknown tongue, my spirit prays. And so Satan has no access, to The spirit of the born again believer. Uh, the spirit of the born again believer is completely off limits to Satan, and so he has no capacity to perform this particular sign either. And so, the three signs that are the church can uh, expect to take place within their midst at all times uh, healing the sick, casting out demons, and speaking with tongues. Uh, in context i'm talking about laying hands on believers so that they can speak with tongues these three signs are off limits to satan he cannot perform these signs at all and so we've said very clearly that as a result whenever the church sees these uh, signs taking place in her midst they can be fully assured this is the work of god this is the power of god that is being made manifest it is the holy the work of the holy spirit Uh, It is not the work of demonic spirits at all. Um, And so that also points us to uh, a truth as well. And that is that it is entirely scriptural for churches, for saints, to hold healing meetings. Why why would that be scriptural? Because the saints can expect healing to take place within their midst at all times. Why? Not because the, the gifts of healings will be made manifest at all times, but because they have faith. And our Lord said, those who believe shall lay their hands on the sick, and the sick shall recover. So it's very scriptural for churches to have healing meetings. Now, in a healing meeting, obviously people who come up for whatever healing uh, that they're seeking from the Lord, quite often a demonic manifestation takes place in that there is a demon that is causing that uh, sickness uh, on that body, and so when the the person is uh, prayed for, the demon manifests, and that demon is then cast out. And so to have meetings where they are dedicated for healing and obviously for deliverance from demonic oppression, that is completely scriptural for churches and for ministers of the gospel to hold those types of meetings. What is also entirely scriptural is for churches and ministers of the gospel To hold meetings primarily to fill the saints with the Holy Spirit so that they can speak with other tongues. I'm talking about newborn believers who have come into the kingdom who have not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't forget the apostles Peter and John, we had a look at it earlier, went to the church in Samaria and held a very specific meeting for the saints to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that they could speak with other tongues. And so it is entirely scriptural to have those three types of meetings within the church. Healing meetings, deliverance meetings, and also laying of hands for the evidence of speaking in other tongues, being filled with the Holy Spirit type meetings. The reason that the church can hold those meetings at will is because the church can fully expect those uh, results to take place in those meetings. So in other words, they can fully expect if they call the sick forward to be healed they can lay hands on them and pray for them and they will be healed either by the gifts of healings being made manifest as the spirit wills or through the simple believing of faith and also casting out of demons they can believe god that it will t- take place or it could also happen through the working of miracles in other words the holy spirit making himself manifest and so Again, uh, um, Peter and John uh, give us uh, an example of that type of meeting of filling the saints with the Holy Spirit. They did it with purpose. So it wasn't a case that they called the saints together and said, Well, you know, we, we don't know if God's going to show up, show up and hopefully he will. No, they were fully assured that every saint that they uh, called to that meeting, they would lay hands on and they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so. Those meetings are always geared up in that direction. A healing meeting, uh, the word will be preached about how God heals, how the Lord Jesus Christ heals, how his name is used to heal the sick. Thus building faith within the congregation that those who come to the meeting to be healed and then hands are laid and people are then obviously healed. And so that just uh, gives us some idea as to what meetings are that encounter the supernatural are scriptural for churches to hold. Those three types of meetings are completely scriptural for churches to hold at all times. And those those kind of meetings, as I say, access the supernatural through um, the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we said that these three particular signs cannot be performed by Satan. He has no capacity to perform these signs including, obviously, all of his demons. However, there is one category of individual that can perform these signs, which um, fall into this category. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 to 23. Uh, our Lord speaking, he says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And so our Lord taught us in this passage of Scripture, because even though Satan has no power to perform these signs, nevertheless, his ministers, who are the false prophets, um, 2 Corinthians eleven fifteen, speaks about them as being ministers of Satan they had the capacity to perform these signs, the signs that we've said that, you know, Satan can't do. So how is it possible that Satan can't perform these signs because he has no power to do that? Nevertheless, his ministers, the false prophets, can do these signs. The reason that the, the false prophets are able to perform these signs and the signs we're talking about are signs of healing and signs of deliverance, casting out of demons. Those are the two that our Lord uh, mentions uh, pretty much in this category. Wonders he speaks about, casting out demons he speaks about, and also the prophetic gifts he speaks about as well. So how is it possible that these individuals who are ministers of Satan can perform these signs and yet their master who empowers them to operate in the supernatural doesn't have that capacity to perform the signs that they can perform? the reason they can perform it is because Jesus has taught us in this passage that they have learnt to use the name of Jesus. Because look at the comment that they make to the Lord on that day. Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And so it is very possible For ministers of Satan to use the name of Jesus and thus perform miracles that their own master cannot perform. Because the name of Jesus is extremely powerful. God has given unto Jesus the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow. You will recall on one occasion, it's recorded for us in Mark 9, John speaking to the Lord. And he said, Lord, we saw somebody casting out demons... In your name and we forbade him because he wasn't one of us and our Lord's reply to him was do not forbid him of course no one who works a miracle in my name can soon thereafter speak any evil of me and so our Lord acknowledged very clearly that unbelievers can take the name of Jesus and use it to cast out demons now as they can use it to cast out demons so they can also use it to heal the sick uh, you, again, you, you recall the account that took place in the church at Ephesus when Paul was still there. Um, and you had the seven sons of Sceva who uh, endeavored to cast out a demon um, using the name of Jesus that Paul preached. Now, if you go back and you read the account, you will see that the scripture says that there were numerous itinerant uh, Jewish exorcists that used to use the name of Jesus. Now they weren't believers and followers of Christ, they were not disciples of the Lord, they were Jews, but they had learned that the name of Jesus carried weight in the supernatural realm, in the realm of the Spirit. And they had started to use that name. Now the seven sons of Sceva obviously didn't quite know what they were doing, and when they used the name they said, we cast you out by the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. And so the demon knew that they didn't quite know what they were doing, and he dealt with them accordingly. But the point still remains. Um, is that unbelievers and ministers of Satan can take the name of Jesus and perform the signs that Satan himself cannot perform. And so that leaves us with a bit of a quandary because we have said, um, you know, well, how's it? what are we going to do now? Because if ministers of the gospel can use the name of Jesus oh, and these signs we said can only be performed by the power of God, But ministers of Satan can do the same signs using the name of Jesus. How do we differentiate between the two? Firstly, we just need to uh, clarify the point that even though the unbelievers and the ministers of Satan, the false prophets that our Lord spoke about, are able to use his name to cast out demons and to perform miracles, healings, that is, um, it is still the power of God that is doing the work. It's just that the, the false prophets have learned to use the name of Jesus. So it's, it's not a demonic power that is doing the work. It is still the work of the Holy Spirit. It's still God's power being used, but it's just being used by a vessel who is a vessel of Satan. And so again, the question is asked, okay, but then we have a bit of a problem because how do we then know the difference between the true and the genuine? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> the genuine and the false if both can use the name of Jesus to perform the same signs. Well, our Lord said it to us in this passage of Scripture that we will know them by their fruits. And so we differentiate between the uh, false prophets and the true by looking at their fruits. Now, what is the fruits that our Lord is speaking about? He's obviously speaking about their lifestyles. And so we, 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 we don't look at... Um, supernatural manifestations that take place through an individual's ministry and say, well, look at that. That's, That's the power of God. This is a person of God. Not at all. Our Lord said you need to look at their fruits. So what is he talking about? He's talking about their lifestyles. And so we need to be examining the lifestyles of those who are um, used in the supernatural, because not every prophet of God is a prophet of God. Some are false prophets who have learned to use the name of Jesus. Um, and so, for, for example, uh, um, a minister of, of the Lord would never deceive the church, never knowingly deceive the church. Now, there's a lot of ministers of the gospel who teach error to the church because they don't know any better. And so they, they, they teach error because they don't know the, God, the truth of the gospel. They don't, they're not able to rightly divide the word of truth. And so they teach a lot of error. Those are the, the guys that build with uh, wood, hay, and stubble that Paul spoke about in the book of Corinthians. He said he, 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 he quoted, equated two ministers of the gospel, one building with silver, gold, and precious stones, the other one building with wood, hay, and stubble. Both were ministers of the gospel. One was rightly dividing the word of truth and feeding the lambs of God with the correct uh, doctrine. One was uh, not correctly dividing the word of truth and building with wood, hay, and stubble. He's, Paul said "At the, 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 on the day of uh, judgment, what happens is the, the fire of God tests the work. And that which remains they will be rewarded. So the one who built with silver, gold, and precious stones, obviously their works remain and they get rewarded. The one who built with wood, hay, and stubble, their works get burned up and so they suffer loss. But Paul said, nevertheless, he still is saved, so as by fire. And so there's a lot of error that gets taught to the church, but it's not known deception. So in other words, the, the minister of the gospel who teaches error doesn't teach error knowingly. Whereas the false prophets and the false ministers do teach uh, error to the church knowingly. They openly deceive the church. That is their intention. They know that they are proclaiming a false gospel and they are lying to the church. Now, as I say, even the minister of the gospel who teaches error doesn't do it uh, knowingly. So he's not trying to deceive the church. And so it's one of the things that we can pick up by looking at the fruits you know are, are these individuals uh, openly trying to deceive the church well that's openly that's not the right word because they try and hide what their, their deception is but a, a real minister of the gospel would never lie to the church knowingly lie to the church whereas satan's ministers have no problem with doing with lying to the church and deceiving the church because that's the agenda of their master and so that's one of the ways, and obviously there's many other ways we can look at the fruits of the individual's lives. In other words, do they live their lives like Jesus or like the devil? And so you do a comparative. Is that lifestyle showing us what Jesus how Jesus walked? Or is that lifestyle showing us pretty much how this world walks and how the devil actually uh, lives in, 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 in this world, basically? And that's how we get to know the difference. There is another way however, that we can tell the difference between the false uh, prophets and the true. And that is with the with regards to the other supernatural manifestations that take place through their ministries. And we'll have a look at that in the next uh, teaching as we get further into this area. Um, we're not going to get into that in any kind of depth today. but that then closes the point of the section we want to deal with with regards to, The consistent signs that the church can expect to see taking place in in her presence, in her midst at all times. And those consistent signs are always the work of the Holy Spirit, whether it be uh, through the gifts being made manifest or through faith alone, accessing those signs. We're going to end the teaching on that point today.